Happy Girls Camp Day. I'm your host, Haley Rawl, and this is Girls Camp. Today's interview is with the one, the only, the iconic influencer extraordinaire, gay icon, Mr. Ty French. Oh, he's a podcaster too, of the Ty French podcast. I have been following along with Ty's journey for years now, and I've always admired him, thought he was so funny and so much fun, and was absolutely honored and so excited when he agreed to come on the pod and tell more about his story and his thoughts and his feelings with post-Mormonism. It's really, really fun, and I feel really honored again to be able to meet with these people that I admire and have them feel safe enough to tell their story in the space. I feel like that speaks to the community around girls camp, and I think it's just the most special thing ever. I feel so lucky to do it. Ty and I talk about his journey coming out. We talk about his journey leaving the church and kind of what has come up for him, how he has handled friendships with people who are in the church his family relationships, we get into it all. There are also more F words than usual in this episode. So maybe get used to that. I don't know. I've I've kind of felt weird about saying fuck on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. But it's happening and it will probably continue to happen. I don't know if I will continue to disclaim, but I will put the little explicit mark on the episodes where that does happen just so you can navigate it how you will. What a post-Mormon thing to do, to be so worried about the F word. (laughs) So it goes. Okay, that is all the disclaimers. That is all the notes. So let's jump right on in to today's interview with Ty French. Enjoy! Okay. Okay. Welcome, Ty. Hi, how are you? I'm so happy to be interviewing you. I'm so excited. We're in your apartment. It's as gorgeous as... It's a blue lagoon in here. It's a blue lagoon. Did you paint it all? Like, did you do all Um, of this? I hired someone to do it. Okay, good. (laughs) I was so lazy, and it's, like, so small. It was, like, a thousand bucks. I was, like, take money. Yeah, amazing. But it's cozy in here. Thank you. Yeah, I like it. It used to be, like, all white... And then, you know, I'm over the beige girl aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm over it. I know. We have a white house right now and we're always like, let's we paint add something some color. black. Yeah, yeah. Let's we like gotta add paint some color. something, something. 100%. I'm super excited to hear your story. I don't know much about, I, I'm a listener of your podcast, thank but you, I'm excited you. to hear your Mormon story. Oh gosh. It's like, I don't even know where to begin. I know. I know. Let's start at the beginning. Where so, were you raised? Kind of your upbringing okay, so around Mormonism. Okay. So I moved around a ton. But I'm mainly from Utah and Arizona. Okay. And yeah, Mormon my whole life. My my mom grew up Mormon. Her mom grew up Mormon. Her mom grew up Mormon. A like, legacy Mormon. Straight through to the pioneers. Yep. Like legacy Mormon. My dad was a convert, converted when he was mm. like 19. Okay. Immediately went on mission like two weeks later. Crazy. Damn. I don't know. It's funny because like I just never knew anything else. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure you can relate. Like you're from Utah. Like I was talking about this with someone yesterday. Like... When you live in Utah, you just don't think of it. You don't think of Mormonism like almost as a religion. Like mm-hmm. it's just like life. Yeah, it's, it's just who what you, you are. Do. It's uh-huh. society. It's culture. Like it's everything. It's politics. Uh huh. And 
then when I was in eighth grade, I moved to Arizona and we moved to Scottsdale at first. And that was like a huge wake up call for me. Mm. Like I was the only Mormon in my school. And I was like, uh, what? Like what is happening? Such a shift. And, but then that we did that for like six months. And then I moved to Gilbert, which is, I don't know if you've ever been to Gilbert. It's literally Provo part two. I've never been, but I've heard it's a mini Provo. Literally mini Provo. So then I was like kind of thrust back into it. And then when I was a senior in high school, I moved to Virginia Mm. and then I was the only Mormon again. And like, I had to do like the full, like early morning seminary and like all of that. Mm -hmm. And once I did that, I was just like, wow. Okay. Like the world is so much bigger than Mm. just Mormonism. And like, there are like other cultures and other ethnicities and Mm -hmm. other sexualities and like, oh my God, like I can be someone else. Yeah. Like what I thought. Yeah. 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 And that happened for you, you feel like, in Virginia? When were those cogs turning for you? It's so hard because, like, obviously I'm gay. Mm -hmm. And similar to, like, how you don't think that, like, Mormonism is just life. It's not, like, a religion. There's no, like, any other option. Growing up gay, it's like I always knew I was different. I always knew I was gay. But, like, I didn't even really know what gay was. And, like, I'd never seen gay people on TV. I'd never seen, like, gay people in a commercial. Like, the like society now is so different. Yeah. I didn't see, like, gay Instagrammers or gay TikTokers. There, like, there wasn't that. There wasn't social media. There was nothing. So, like, I didn't really know what it was. I knew I was different. I just didn't know, like, how to channel it. Or, like, yeah. that that was even an option. Like, literally, my mom told me that the second coming of Christ would happen before gay marriage was legal. Oh. oh. Like, that's well, she was the family I was growing up in. <laughs> yeah. So, like... I knew I was different, but I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that, like, that was ever even going to be an option. Like, mm-hmm. it just wasn't to me. Like, I totally thought I was going to marry a girl. I thought I was going to go on a mission. I thought I was going to do the whole thing. Yeah. The wheels started to turn for me, like, literally as a child. Like, I always knew that, like, I didn't fit in here, but I didn't know until literally after I graduated high school when I was 18 that, like, oh, no, like, I do have free will. Like, I can I can do I can what I want to do. Not yeah. to be part of this. And, yeah. Like, I can be gay and, like, I at, when I came out, gay marriage was still illegal. That's insane. So like that was like a big thing for me because like I obviously want to get married and I want to have kids and like I remember when I first came out to my best friend, that was like the biggest hangout for me. It's illegal. Yeah, like, you it's not act- just like yeah. It's like, not just that you're Mormon. It's yeah. like the United States And that United just States validates everything that the church is telling you. Totally. Like it's a sin, it's this, and it's like, well, yeah, it's a sin. It's illegal. Whoa. It's like, you know, it's, it's like such a mind trip. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, well, you can have a partner and like you can adopt. It's like, no, it's like, this is an illegal act. And that's just validating everything that the church is telling me. Absolutely. That's so intense because you're not only fighting your Mormon upbringing, you're fighting society. Yeah. Like you... There's so much more to that. And that's why I find it so beautiful and so brave because there's so many layers to it. And Mormonism is just another layer Yeah, because yeah, you're fighting so many systems. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. Like, I mean, I've lived in LA now for, I don't know, eight years, maybe unhealthily, but I feel like I just block so much of like my childhood away and I block so much of like Mormonism and like, it never leaves you. I don't know. Like every time I like reflect back on it, I'm like, wow, I really fucking did that. Yeah. It's so hard. And I look back on it and I'm like, I think about when I was a kid and I was like in school plays and I was in dance. I never went to like, I never wanted to like change in PE in the locker room because Mm -hmm. people were like thinking I was looking at them because like Mm. I was gay. And like it, there wasn't a second that went by that like it wasn't on my mind. Yeah. And it, 
it was like full of shame. Like it wasn't ever like any happy moments. It wasn't like little gay, like bliss. Mm-hmm. Like it was like shame 24 seven. Yeah. It's that's crazy. So hard. Just so devastating. Yeah. I think it's great that society has progressed. hundred percent. I'm so happy for like youth <clears throat> today. Obviously it's like still so hard depending on like whatever your situation totally. is, but I don't know. There is like a part of me that, and I'm sure like older generations than me even feel that about like my generation mm. that like has like a hint of like jealousy. Yeah, totally. Of like these kids that like can grow up on TikTok and see like queer couples on commercials and in TV shows and like totally. I'm like I don't have any of that. Yeah. Like, who knows like who I? Everything happens for a reason. But like, who knows like who I could have been? Absolutely. Who knows like how much if I had accepted myself and like had come out when I was like 10 like yeah who knows what I could have done like totally. I was bursting with creativity I yes. wanted so much to like just be my own person I wanted to be in school plays I wanted to sing I wanted to do dance everything in my life was like pushing that away mm, I have chills because I'm thinking about how you are that person now yeah for other people and it's so devastating that you couldn't step into that self yeah. until later in life. And that was being taken from you in a big way. But it's so beautiful because, I mean, I've just met you in person. But from what I see of you, you are so yourself. You're so confident. Oh, you. You're like showing the world like you can be happy, like yeah. you can do this. And especially when you've come from a place where you weren't allowed to do that for so yeah, long. 100%. That's such a like beautiful story arc that oh, now you can you. like show people who are maybe in these smaller towns or growing up in religious communities. Yeah. But they can find you and be like, okay, like I can actually do this. I can 100%. be happy. Yeah. 100%. It's hard because I feel like I do shove that so far away. Mm-hmm. And like in LA, like now I'm like in la la land like totally i mean i live in the gayest neighborhood in the world probably i don't know yeah i definitely feel like i do need to like tap into that more like i feel like i should be i feel like i'm obviously an advocate Mm -hmm. for a lot of things but like i don't people have it like way worse Mm. than i do and i feel like i probably could do more Mm. to like tap into that you know i know that's the hard thing with growing up Mormon and I experienced this in a smaller way and in a different way but I don't know sometimes I think the best thing we can do is just figure out our happiness and just like live our happiness for people to see like that in and of itself is such a powerful thing to do 100% and I feel like that's what you're doing yeah and just to be living the way you want to live and be doing it proudly and loudly I think that is really enough because that's like the beacon of hope for yeah. people. Yeah. I and agree. yeah, that's, I'm proud of you. That uh, sounds you. like so much to just a lot to go through. Yeah. Okay. So you came out. Mm-hmm. Were you still in the church at that point? Yeah. I was still in the church. It's so funny. Like I look back and I'm just like, oh, you're so dumb. After I graduated high school, I moved back to Utah just like by myself. Mm-hmm. And when I came out, I didn't, like, really even mean to come out. It kind of, like, happened. Mm. And I'm glad it happened how it did, but, like, I wasn't, like, prepared. It was, I was I didn't, like, think about it, and I wasn't, like, okay, I'm going to come out. Someone had asked me, like, one of my friends, mm. they were, like, oh, like, have you ever thought about, like, are you gay? People make fun of you. We were talking about bullying and growing up, and she was, like, well, have you ever, have you ever thought about it? Mm-hmm. And I just had never had anyone that, like, actually... I got made fun of for being gay mm-hmm. my whole life. But, like, I never had anyone who, like, I cared about 
genuinely ask me. They always were just like d- defending me. Mm-hmm. If people like were like asking if I was gay, they'd be like, leave him alone, leave him alone. And that was the first time that someone had asked me how I felt about it, like not in a judgmental way. And I was like, what is happening? Like chills went through my whole body. Wow. And I was like, I, I don't feel like I want to say no, but like that's, that's my knee jerk reaction is to be like, no, I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what I did my whole life. Yeah. And so then I like went home and I was like, what's happening? And I called my best friend and I just like told her how, how it made me feel. We talked on the phone for like four hours. And then by the end of the combo, I was like, well, I guess I'm gay. Like, I guess well, I'm coming out. It was yeah. just like weird anticlimactic thing. Yeah, it wasn't like some... Ha- yeah. yeah, it wasn't like I was like building up the courage to do uh-huh. it. Like it kind of like I got like tossed into it. And then I didn't want it to be like a big to-do. Mm-hmm. And I'm very non-confrontational. And so I came out via text message mm-hmm. <laughs> to pretty much all my friends. And yeah, family. good for you. Because like not even that I, I'm not confrontational. I wanted my parents to, I wanted to get out everything that I wanted to say. Absolutely. Without being emotional. Yeah. And then I wanted them to like be able to sit on it and like think and like not have like a knee jerk. Like I didn't want them to say anything that they were going to regret. And so I texted my mom this like big to do thing when I was like 18 mm. and she was still in Virginia. I was like, Call me if you want to chat. And if you have anything negative to say, like, don't reach out. Like, Amazing. I, I was you so... You set that boundary. I was so ready to, like, live authentically that, like, I was willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. whatever relationship I was going to have with anyone. Mm-hmm. My family, my parents, any friends. Like, literally, I was like, don't call me if you have anything negative to yeah. say. Like, I don't care. Like, I pay I don't want to hear it. I yeah. pay for my own phone. Like, I bought my own car. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Obviously, it would be sad and so she called me like four hours later it was like the longest four hours of my life yeah she very much was I mean like I said earlier like she was like the second coming of Christ is gonna happen before uh-huh, marriage uh-huh, legal. like she uh-huh. so she was very much like you know the church under the church recognizes that like same-sex attraction is a thing and mm. that that's like your trial Mm. And so, like, she understood that, like, I didn't, like, make it up. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, a thing. Yeah, she didn't doubt that she's, that, like, that was marriage is more than sexual attraction. Like, mm. marriage is about, like, your devotion to God and, like, it's a choice and, like, whatever and blah, 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 blah. And she was, like, you know, the church has therapists that you can go to that help you and blah, blah, blah. And I was, like, I'm going to no. stop you right there. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, well, what does this mean for you in the church? And it's funny because I still went to church for a while, even after I moved to LA, like mm. a year later, I would still go to the singles ward, like with my friends, like a few of my girlfriends, like we're still Mormon. So like we'd go and it was like mostly just social. Mm-hmm. I was willing to still be a part of it, but like, did you ever go to singles ward? I never really went to a singles ward. It's like regular church, obviously, but then they only talk about marriage. Mm. That's the whole thing. I've heard that. Yeah. And like, obviously the only way to heaven is to like get married to the mm-hmm. temple. You can only get married in the temple if you're Mm -hmm. straight. Mm -hmm. So I like went a few times and I was just like, all eyes are on me. And every talk Mm. is like pointing out how like, I'm not worthy. I'm not going to heaven. Like it just felt so gross. Yeah, I bet. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't know why I'm holding on to it. Yeah. What was that like for you to finally step away? I think since it was like gradual and like I had already lived in LA and like I had started to meet my queer friends and whatever. It was nice. Like it, it mm. wasn't this like big to do that I felt like I'm leaving the church. Like this isn't for me. It was very much just like one day I was like, okay, I'm not going to go to church. It just made week. sense yeah, to yeah. stop going. 
for a while, it's funny because for a while I like still had so much respect for the church. I, a lot of my friends were still Mormon mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, teach their own. It's not for me. You do your thing. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until like last year that my like resentment started to like kick oh, in. Oh, interesting. And, like my like anger towards yeah. it. Because then I'd had these friends that I'd been friends with for 12 years supporting this institution that. Because when I left, I didn't really know much. It was like I was leaving whatever because they don't let gays get married. But then I feel like over the years, there's been so many like talks at BYU Mm -hmm. or talks in general conference where they've like doubled down. Mm -hmm. And like the words that they've said, like there was one talk that like it was the nail in the coffin. And I can't remember what he said. He said, I think it was the prophet. And he said, brothers and sisters, don't let your love for your brothers and sisters Mm. that are queer be mistaken for advocacy shit and i was like "Mm, that doesn't work for me yeah excuse me because that's when i was like okay all my friends that are Mormon, like you got to pick a side because Uh because for a while it was like okay love your neighbor and like we're all god's children or whatever and him saying that was like you can love your neighbor but like that doesn't mean that like you're advocating for their rights Uh and that's not okay for me because if you're my friend and like you love me it's like that's not enough i want you to advocate for my yeah what else is love than advocacy for human rights like for the people that you love if if like someone was trying to take away gay marriage it's like i would hope you'd be protesting with me Mm -hmm. and hope that you would be advocating for that so that was like the tipping point for me and I had to have, like, a lot of uncomfortable conversations yeah, with, I can like, imagine. my friends who were still in the church that I was like, it makes me very uncomfortable that mm-hmm. you are still supporting this after A, B, C, D, F, G. Totally. Totally. And I think once I say it and, like, I get it out on the table, it's like, you can still be Mormon and, like, I'll still love you and, like, we can still have a friendship. I just have to let you know that, mm. like, how it makes me feel, you know? Yeah. This is how it's affecting me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really brave of you to even be willing to do that and honestly not that it should be something that you need to do but I do think sometimes it's what people need yeah people need someone who's being affected in that way that you're describing to be like hello yeah to kind of you know like show them like this is what it's like you're gonna learn I don't think my friends are homophobic I just have to like teach you about Uh ABCDFG because you've never been in this situation Uh you might not know any gay people and ideally people are like seeking out that information for themselves or even better we just grow up in diverse communities where you're like learning that yeah it's no one's job to teach anyone totally but but I see what you're saying and I think it's really again like I think that's really brave of you because I know something I have the tendency to do and I think a lot of post-Mormons maybe do is like you do your thing you do mine which is I think in a way you have to be able to cultivate that in some capacity but I do think it's really brave to be able to say like hey this is how it feels for me though you know you can set the boundaries that you need if you want to maintain that friendship but to be able to say hey as the person who this is directly affecting This is what it's like. This is what it feels like. And I think a lot of times, hopefully, that's enough for people to actually, like, kind of connect those dots, you know? I think Mormonism is just built so much. Like, Mormon culture is, like, just built so much on don't ask, don't tell. Uh Let's not talk about it. Whatever makes us uncomfortable, like, push it to the side. Uh So it is, like, that's your culture. Like, it is hard to have, like, uncomfortable conversations about those things. 
haven't I haven't talked to my mom about, my mom about being gay since the day I came out. Wow. Not once. Wow. That was eight years ago. Yeah. Not that I feel like if I brought it up to her, I feel like she would have a dialogue uh-huh. with me. But she's very much just like, I ain't gonna touch it. You uh-huh. know, like love you. You're my son. She calls me like once a month to check in on me, but like. She would never ask me if I'm, like, dating anyone. Yeah. That's just, like, so, like, out of her comfort zone because that's just how you're taught. It's yeah. like, if someone gets a tattoo, don't look at it. Like, mm-hmm. if someone drinks, like, look away. Uh-huh. Like, they, they're very much, like, if it doesn't affect me, uh-huh. look over there. Yeah, that's an interesting thing as you're saying that. I'm thinking about how we're taught as Mormons. Like, you were talking about this before. Love your neighbor, no matter what. Like, mm. Jesus loved the sinners, right? Blow me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is that the level of love we want to achieve? You're a sinner, but, like, I'll love you. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Right. But, like, yeah, we love our neighbors, well, so it's, it's like, fine. Yeah, it's like, they approach it as, like, love your neighbor, but I can still judge you if you're doing this. Exactly. The love... When they say love your neighbor, they're meaning like, okay, yeah, I recognize that you're also God's children. Mm-hmm. I'm God's child. You're God's child. Uh-huh. They're not. They're not saying love thy neighbor as like, I love you. I see you as a human being. You should have rights no matter like what your religion, mm-hmm. your race, your sexuality, your identity. That's not what they're meaning. But mm-hmm. like, that's what it's intended to be. Exactly. Yeah, love them for who they are as they are. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Love it's them. not just like you recognizing that they're also God's children. But totally. I feel like that's how Mormons like view it. I know. And it's odd to me because is that not the bare fucking minimum? Is that not just like human rights? Yes. <laughs> like, that's exactly. not even a religion thing. It's like, yes. it is, who cares if you believe in God or whatever? It's like, I recognize that like you're a living human being on yes. earth, like living and doing the best that you can. Exactly. Is Do- that not literally. Do we need to pat ourselves on the back for being like, we love our neighbor though. It's like, A, kind of not even really. (laughs) Right, And B, like, duh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you went through that. That sounds really difficult at a lot of stages of that journey. You know, it makes you strong. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I'm curious to hear. I mean, I know there's so much that has happened in between all of that, but how do you feel now? You talked about feeling some of that resentment kind of come up for you like a year ago. How has it panned out with those friendships? Yeah. Like, where do you feel like your relationship is at now? I feel like I'm good. I'm in a comfortable state. I feel like most of my friends now are either like pretty much out mm-hmm. or like in a very comfortable space with the church. Like mm. they might still be Mormon, but like they... They might say they're Mormon, but like, they're I don't cool view them it. as Mormon. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I'm like, you're not Mormon because you don't believe that I'm going to hell. And mm-hmm. like, you don't believe that to get to heaven, everyone has to get married in the temple. So like, you're not Mormon because that's literally the what? definition of a Mormon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I'm like, you can like say you're Mormon if you want. But I, I do feel, I guess not resentment. Maybe that's the wrong word. Like I now am comfortable with being vocally against the church Mm. to where I feel like for a while I still was like trying to be like, okay, everyone do their thing, whatever. Because so many people in my life were Mormon. Like Mm -hmm. all my family's still Mormon. My friends are still Mormon. Like that's such a big part of who who I am. So it felt weird to be like, well, I guess my whole life was a lie Mm. and to like turn. So the other way that now I feel like I'm comfortable with being like, yeah, I grew up in a fucking cult Mm -hmm. and like F you for making me feel like, dog shit my entire life and I have the right to be upset by that totally and to talk about it yeah I'm not like 
judgy to any other Mormons or like you can do what you want. But like now I'm comfortable with being like, yeah, no. Yeah, like, absolutely. That was hell. As you should. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an interesting. It's something I explore a lot on this podcast because I think there's a thing where as post Mormons, there's a big like burden of respect right? (laughs) Totally. It's crazy. It's crazy. Cause it's like, well, you weren't respected. It's like ingrained in you that like you can leave, but you better not fucking say a Uh thing about the church Yep. and you better respect it. It's so weird. Like, why do we think that? Why do we think that? It's kind of like what I said. I think it's, they do ingrain it in you. And I think it is, there's like a culty aspect to it, but I think a lot of it has to do with like, you don't want to disrespect yourself of who you were for all those years Mm. like I don't want to like look back on my whole life and think it was a lie and I was in a cult and I was brainwashed whatever like I want to look back at it and be like okay I was lost I was confused I you know religion can be a beautiful thing like it's beautiful to like believe in something bigger than yourself Mm -hmm. and to like you know go around and do family home evening and this whatever it's like there are things about it and I just feel like the respect thing is like you respecting yourself and Mm. like giving yourself grace for all the years that you were so naive yep you know know what that's so insightful because when my defensiveness crops up around Mormonism Mm. like on behalf of Mormonism god forbid but it (laughs) happens It's because of that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and not only for my former self, but because I see in people who are still practicing the religion, I see myself in them because I was them. And I understand what you do mentally to make it work. Mm -hmm. I understand that there are people, and I'm curious your reaction to this because I'm straight, but I'm, I can understand that there are people who feel really tortured by Mm -hmm. that dissonance Mm -hmm. of, I, I don't want this for gay people or I don't want this for women but yet they're making it work and I understand why they're so desperately trying to make it work do you see what I'm saying 100% and I I understand that mentality but (sighs) yeah let it out so like oh you can't be like a part of an institution who literally funds billions of dollars to anti-gay, anti, like all Mm -hmm. of these things and be like, oh, well, but I don't think that. Yeah. That's not how I feel. I believe that you're not going to go to hell. I disagree with that part. Uh, well, you're paying your tithing and Uh that's where that's going. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can't do that. It's, I understand that battle because every Mm. person is looking out for them at the end of the day. So it's like, if you're not gay, you might like support gay issues, whatever, but it's like, that's not your battle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you're like, okay, well. I don't think that, but the church makes me feel good. And like, that's my life. I'm not gay. So like, why, why would I leave? Because the church doesn't support gays. Yeah. Even if I love gay people, like I have friends that are gay. It's like. It's not directly affecting. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about the, uh, there's like a paradox. It's called, well, they say you can be intolerant of intolerance Mm -hmm. right yeah because when we preach tolerance which is also something the church does and i i think again tolerance it's like yeah great you'll tolerate Uh, me (laughs) right 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 thank you oh my god appreciate it but i feel like that's kind of where i'm at too is think is feeling like i can be tolerant or respectful whatever but not of 
people who are intolerant. Yeah, 100%. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of where it gets really sticky. Yeah. Because people will say who are still Mormon, like, well, I, I should be, I'll respect you if you respect me. Yeah. But it's like, but actually what you believe is inherently disrespectful yeah, of exactly. me. Yeah, exactly. That's what, it's like, where's the line? Where's the line? It gets really sticky. And again, when you're being so directly affected by those terrible Mm -hmm. exclusionary homophobic doctrines and things that people are still preaching from the pulpit today it's cuckoo chill yeah even like like put the gay thing aside like because whatever i understand that's a small portion of the population and of mormons just how they speak about women i know oh my god like how can any woman like sit and listen to these talks and think, oh, I'm an equal and like they respect me or mm-hmm. they see me. Absolutely not. That, that was the final. My oldest sister, like she didn't get married in the temple and, you know, she got married outside, whatever. She had three kids and eventually she like was starting the process to get sealed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to have like the missionaries come over and you have to have lessons and you have to do all this preparation to like make sure, you know, you really want to do it. And as she was doing it, she left the church. Wow. Because she was like, you are all so misogynist. It's <laughs> yeah, insane. She's like, uh-uh. And she's like, I'm the breadwinner of my family. Like, I've been working my ass off since I was 16. Like, what? And just everything that they were spewing to her, she was just like, ew. Like, mm. gross. Like, I don't want to be a part of this church. Yeah, this is And it's crazy. Right. It's like, she was literally ready to, like, get sealed. Wild. And I just feel like the church is so much about, even, like, the temple. It's very, like, you can't talk about it. Like, you can't talk about what goes on in there. Like mm-hmm. my mom doesn't talk about it. Like you're not, it's like, you can't talk about the ceremony, what you wear, the fucking chef hat. Like, you know, you can't talk about it. <laughs> but like they do that because they know it's fucking weird. The chef hat. The chef hat. It's when like, I saw my husband in the chef hat. You got married in the temple? I, yeah. Jail. 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 I got married to my husband in you had to the, wear the apron. chef hat in an apron wearing a veil. <laughs> but they don't tell you that because they know that if you saw that, you'd be like, oh, I'm in a cult. Yeah. It's so much about like not educating you about uh-huh. even what you believe or your religion. Like we don't know the history of Joseph Smith and how he was like going around town marrying 14-year-olds mm-hmm. and that's why they that's why they locked him up in the uh, in the jail cell and lit, lit, yeah. lit it on fire. Like yeah. but you're not taught that. Yeah. It was that oh they didn't want freedom of religion and they were persecuting him. No, he was marrying 14-year-olds. It's so fictional. The yeah. whole the whole history is fictional. Yeah. Yep, I was talking to Tishmal about this and we were saying there's so many lies of omission. Mm-hmm. They've like taken details and painted a picture that yeah. just simply is untrue. Yeah. But there's a claim of like, well, we're not lying because, you know, we're telling the facts, but it's like, but you're not, it's that's like, even debatable. Are the but facts also, in the room with us? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which facts? Like, like how? <laughs> Joseph Smith was probably on mushrooms, went in the fucking woods, 14 years old. Like what? Yeah. It's literally insane. Like, when you really break it down, and it's just crazy that, like, the Catholic Church or uh, Buddhism or all these religions, like, have been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. The Mormon Church has been around for, like, 200 years. It's funny you say that because we, I just told you, we're staying right next to the mm-hmm. L.A. Temple and we were pulling up to it. And Bentley, my husband, was like, oh, I bet people think about this the way we think about we went to this Buddhist temple in Hawaii. And he's like, I bet that's how people here in L.A. like think about this Mormon temple. And I was like, 
Bentley, no, Buddhism is like an ancient, (laughs) beautiful practice. Yeah. yeah. And I said to Bentley, because just right before we had seen a Scientology like center. And I was like, I think people probably see it more (laughs) like that than the Buddhist temple. 1000%. (laughs) I'm like, I think that's probably like more or somewhere in maybe the middle of those two things. 100%. Yeah. It is really wild. And I think we were talking about this before we started recording, but there's so many phases of leaving Mormonism Mm -hmm. and it's kind of crazy. Like I don't feel like there's any like chronology to it, but sometimes I'll have, you know, you like learn something or someone gives an insane talk and something pops up and you're like, Whoa, I thought I was over that. Or like, I thought I was like fine. And then you're triggered and there's all this weird trauma that comes up and it's just, interesting to see like that roller coaster that who yeah. knows how long it's gonna last well, I feel like, yeah even like when you leave or like when you're you know maybe exploring the idea of leaving that's when you know you're looking into it you're looking into the facts you're learning the history and like i said like the mormon church doesn't teach you the real history or like anything that really happened and so then when you do learn it you're like this really, like they've been lying to me for mm-hmm. years. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of betrayal. Yeah. You feel really betrayed. You just feel like you're like, "Wait. You're not even t- telling people facts. It's weird." It's really weird. I know. It's hard to comprehend. And that's I think you were kind of talking about this earlier too, like with the whole advocacy thing and even just I don't know, it's like you step away from Mormonism and you kind of have to decide like how much of this do I want to take on? Yeah. And in what ways do I yeah. want to take it on is maybe the better question. Cause I think inevitably that's part of us. Like mm-hmm. we have to reckon with that no matter what, but it's interesting to think about how there's so many different ways to kind of deal with all that shit. Yeah. And I just feel like <laughs> most people just leave and run away from it as mm. fast as possible. So like, I like love that you're doing this podcast and like really like diving into it. Thanks. Because I feel like, I mean, I never talk about it. Like I haven't talked about it for mm-hmm. since I left. It's like people leave and they're like, hasta luego muchacho. Yeah. Like, I gotta go. I don't, yeah. don't want to talk about it. Like I learned what I need. I yeah. need to learn. And like, I don't ever want anything to do with it again. But I think it is like healthy to unpack. Yeah, totally. And it is, it's so complicated and it's so sticky that it's a hard thing to talk about because everyone feels differently and has their like different attachments to different parts of it. And that's why I was, I've been talking about this with my past few interviews, but I got on TikTok. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing like Exmo TikTok yeah, stuff because yeah, yeah. I'm like love. I gotta find my TikTokers yeah, yeah. to listen, oh, get they, my numbers they up. They love those. <laughs> yeah. People love the Exmo TikTok. They do. It's a huge. It's a crazy community, yeah. and it's really cool. But it's just interesting to see. Like when I first started the podcast, the type of people I was reaching were more. I don't know, just like in my sphere or yeah, like right. adjacent to my sphere. Mm-hmm. Where now that I'm on TikTok, the reach is just so different. Yeah, and just realizing like. There are as many different types of post-Mormons as there are Mormons, right? But it's just interesting to even at this stage realize like so many people leave the church for so many different reasons. 100%. And I feel like it's also like notable to say that I think Mormons like especially ex-Mormons kind of feel like on an island Mm. But, like, 
we're not unique. Like there are so many religions out there that are mm. crazy. And there are a lot of people that escape their religions uh-huh. and leave and have very similar experiences. And like totally. their family's still in it and their family's still like Southern Baptist or this or Jewish or like so many things. And so I think it's easy because like we're from Utah and it's like there's only one religion. Totally. That it feels like you're either Mormon or you're not Mormon. Uh-huh. But then when you're out in the world... It's like, okay, yeah, I'm an ex-Mormon. It's like, okay, well, and someone's ex-Catholic. Totally. Like, and there, there are a lot of similarities to it. Totally. So I feel like, I don't know, we just put ourselves on islands. Totally. We that's can probably a good relate point. to a lot more people than we think. Totally. And that sounds like that's been really healing for you in LA mm-hmm. because you just realize we all have such different backgrounds and yeah. different traumas and different, yeah. like, you know, it's just, inter- it's so healthy to be around people who are different yeah I know I was gonna (laughs) ask you like how do you deal with living in Utah yeah like I I literally could not do it yeah living in LA is like the most beautiful oh yeah thing on the planet there's so much diversity like there's just like I don't know it feels like I'm in Disneyland totally totally Utah is such an interesting thing I love talking about this because I feel like the way okay we I think Bentley and I are really lucky because we have a really solid group of people that we're with all the time who are all post-Mormon. Okay. And here's the thing about that, though. I love it, and I think it's really important for us right now because we do a lot of processing and unpacking and, like, talking through it together. But I do think there will come a phase when either that friend group we're with, I think we're already kind of, like, moving forward together. And I also still think Bentley and I talk all the time. We're like, okay, this is great. Like, I'm glad we're around people we can relate to in post-Mormonism. Right. But there's so much value in just being around people who don't, they still have the same upbringing as us, even though they're post-Mormons. And I think there's something so beautiful about that connection and Mm -hmm. being able to connect with people like that. But I definitely think that it's so important for all those reasons you're saying to also just find people who just don't even have that in yeah, common yeah, with yeah. you. You can't like, it, it, it keeps you like in the past. Totally. Like even like I have a huge friend group here that like, I have like my gays and then I have like my ex Mormons mm-hmm. who like I've known from like forever that yeah. all from Utah. And every time we're together, we end up talking about totally. more. Like, it always happens. It's like, totally. why are we talking about this? But like, you know, we start drinking this, someone makes a joke, then we start talking about uh-huh. Joseph Smith or this, or we're uh-huh. playing a game and we make the theme X more. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, are we okay? Like, we need to let it go. Like, we need to move along. I know. I'm always battling with that because I, f- I mean, especially starting this podcast, I like kind of feel bad for all my friends because I'm like, I feel like we were kind of getting yeah, yeah. past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and now yeah. I'm like, like oh I'm shit, sorry. Every week. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, did you listen to my episode? Yeah, right, and then right, we right. just like talk about, you know, post Mormon yeah. stuff. And yeah, I think that's an interesting, I think for me, there's, I'm still, I feel past like the deep anger stuff, but I think I'm still pretty, I think I'm more in the thick of it than I think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. And it sounds like a lot of the people you're around are probably still. Yeah. Because I talk to people who are post-Mormons who are like, Oh, yeah, I just, like, don't think about it anymore. It's funny because it's like, you don't think about it, and I feel like I'm not in the thick of it. But then if someone brings something right. up, it's like, I can instantly be triggered. Right. And be like, yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck? 
polygamy like <laughs> yeah. we, we we're okay with that like blacks not having the priesthood like we're we're good with that like what the fuck like i can be so easily triggered and then i can yeah. talk about it for two hours i know but then like in my day-to-day life i don't think about see, it see and i think maybe that's the distinction is like it's kind of nice to be able to click into that yeah or nice, not nice, but it's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, healthy. It's it's like, not, yeah, sometimes it's like, whoa, I can think about that process, vent, whatever, yeah. but it's nice, I think, and probably the ultimate goal to in your day to day life, just like not yeah, have it be 100%. like the thing. Yeah. And that's part of what I'm hoping to do with this podcast, too, is being like, OK, this is a place where we can like click in. Yeah. And we can talk about it and we can laugh about it, but we don't need to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading with our digging the grave. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. And no, it's, for sure. I mean, it's a it's a balance because I think it's different for different people at different stages. But it's definitely something that, yeah, I don't know. I think it comes and goes. And obviously, being in Utah, it's different because it's like I can. I'm in Utah. You live there. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Like I just see like the neighbors, you know, opening their garage on Sunday, wearing their There's a church on every corner. Yeah, wearing their church clothes. I'm like, oh whoa. It's more weird for me because it it reminds me. Oh, like there's still people like really doing this. It's like running into your ex-boyfriend every day. It's like, 100%. I don't want to be reminded of that relationship. Oh, like, I've been. Get out. A hundred percent. I've been thinking about that so much. It's like, how do you move so on much. from an ex-boyfriend yeah. if you keep running into totally. him? Totally. And I, I did a TikTok the other day and someone commented. I was like talking about like leave the church. Why can't you just leave the church alone now that you've left? And someone commented and they're like, yeah, I'll leave the church alone when it stops when like leave me alone. influencing politics. Yeah, right. And like legislation. Right. And I'm like, exactly. Like, you can't really escape it, particularly in a place like yeah, Utah. Yeah, there's no leaving it alone. Like, yeah, it's there. That That's literally impossible. I know. That argument is the dumbest shit I've ever oh. heard. I'm like, mm, okay, grow up for 20 years, literally. 25 years, yeah. and then just, like, go on your merry literally. way. Like, bye. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Well, I commend you for living in Utah. Still. You're nice. That takes balls. It's the great cost of living. Oh, <laughs> and my mom watches my girls. <laughs> oh, no. They're so cute. And they're soda shops. Were you ever a soda guy? The soda Tell shops. Me. Like, is there anything more <laughs> freaking Utah? Let's talk Utah culture. Let's talk Utah culture. Soda shops. Like, when I tell people that, like, that are from uh-huh. here, they're, like, literally blown to bits. They're like, what do you mean it's, like, Starbucks for sodas? I'm like, no, it's a drive through And you get, like, a Coke with, like, vanilla. And, like, they're like, what? I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it. It's mind blowing. It's so funny. It blew up on TikTok a while ago. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know. Go into fucking (laughs) 7-Eleven and get your fucking soda. It's different, Ty. It's different. Uh, I'm not a soda person, so like maybe I don't get it, but. uh. Oh yeah. That Utah culturism is, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't feel weird. Yeah. But it's so weird. It's like. So weird. I cannot get myself to like coffee. Do I need to just keep drinking it? I don't it? like coffee either. Oh my god. Mm. Okay, good. I know. And I we always, just offered my friends you are one. like trying you to get got me a Red on Bull. it. And I'm like, I think that's just the postmodern in me. It's just like I just can't get into it. I that's cannot why I do Bull, it. Which I'm like, oh my god, that's not good for me. I know, but coffee. There's something about it. I want something cold and fizzy. Yeah. I don't want a hot. I, I mean, can you only can get coffee iced. If, if it's like an iced vanilla latte, like yeah. extra, extra vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like just literally sugar. Yeah, I know. That's why I think I don't like, I mean, me who drinks Diet Coke with like coconut syrup. So I'm like just newly syrup. on the Diet Coke trend. <gasps> 
Because, like, I tried not to drink in December for, like, two weeks. And then I was like, okay, I'll drink Diet Coke. And now I'm like, when I'm hungover, there is nothing better than a Diet Coke from McDonald's. Oh, like, there's nothing better. I bet. Just, like, cold, fizzy. Cold, Ugh, fizzy. Gives the you the caffeine. Yes. I will be drinking Diet Coke till the day I die. I it will be it. the, the aspartame will be the reason That's I probably so die. <laughs> Diet Coke. I love it. Okay, I want to hear about, you've kind of, like, alluded to this. Do you feel like there's like what are the Mormon pieces of you or do you feel like there's things you've inherited Mm. from Mormonism that you're either grateful for or you're still like, you know what I mean? Interesting. Um, I guess maybe I'm not grateful. I, I feel like like with relationships, I'm like definitely a prude Mm. and like I'm very guarded. Mm. Like, I don't like, like, hookup culture or, like, anything mm, like that. And yeah. I feel like that's, like, the Mormon in me, which is, like, I mean, a blessing and a curse because I'm, like, not trying to be a hoe. But yeah, also, I like, it, I think it, like, holds me back in a lot uh-huh, of ways because, uh-huh. like, I feel like I don't date because I'm, like, ah, you just want to have sex with me. Like, I don't know, mm, you know? Interesting. But uh, what else? I don't know. It's hard to parse out. It's, like, hard to even it's know. It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to piece it. Like, yeah, it's, like. I, like, just barely started drinking tea this year. Like, I still mm. don't drink coffee. Like, but then it's, like, I drink alcohol. I don't know. Like, weird things like that. Like, yeah. I feel like I still say, like, frickin' or shiz. Uh-huh. Or, I'm like, are you okay? Like, say, fuck shit. I, like, was gonna, I was gonna point this out. You said, I, I'll find the soundbite because it's amazing. But earlier you said something like, yeah, it's a fucking cult. I'm like, F you. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, like, I can't. It, it but comes that's such a thing. I, do, I know. I don't know when I choose yeah, to do right, it or not. Right. Especially with the F word. Like, it's so sometimes funny. I'll say fuck. Sometimes yeah. I'll say the F word. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll say F. Sometimes I'll say frick. Like, it's no so one funny. knows which one it's going to totally. be. Totally. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it'll never leave you. Like, Utah mm-hmm. will never leave me being an ex Literally, oh my God, I almost had a heart attack. Someone like came, we were having like a pregame at my house the other day and I don't know what it was. I had just met this person. Like it was like a friend of a friend who came and like literally within the first two minutes of talking, he goes, you're from Utah, aren't you? (gasps) And I was like, uh, how'd you know that? And he was like, you're just giving me Utah energy. And I was like, I'm going to go blow my brains out. Like, what what do you mean? Like, that's literally the biggest insult you could have said. (laughs) Like, get out of my house. Get out of my house. Utah energy. Yeah. I was like, is it the highlights? Is it that? Like, I don't know. I'm like, I probably was saying like shiz or something. Like, and he was just like, you're giving me Utah energy. And I was like, well, awesome. So you're I'm like, like uh, how did you know? You're like, uh, that would be Gilbert energy. Thank yeah, you very right, much. right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I know. I pick and choose where I say where I'm from sometimes. Sometimes uh-huh. like, I don't want to unpack the. Oh, I'm Mormon sure. Thing, so I just I'm sure. Arizona. I'm sure. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about what living in LA has done for you. Oh my God. I feel like it literally like saved my life. Mm. I love LA so much. Like, first off, the weather is just like, you can't beat it. Oh, like, it's I will insane. never live anywhere again with humidity, with over 110 degrees mm-hmm. or snow. Like, I, I will never do it. I can't mm-hmm. do it. But I don't know. Like, it's just, even like I've been wanting to move to Venice and like I've talked about that a bit on my bo- my podcast, but like, there's something so special about the neighborhood that I live in, mm. WeHo. Like, growing up, like, not having any gays, like, not seeing any gay people, like, whatever. Now it's, like, it's weird to see straight people. Mm. Like, I live in such a pocket of mm-hmm. queer life 
that like when I go to the grocery store, like all the clerks are gay, like the valet guy is gay, like all the servers are gay at restaurants, like everyone's gay. Everywhere I go, everyone's gay. And I just feel like so seen and like valid and like normal. Totally. And it's like really just life changing. Yeah. Like to go from like the polar opposite mm-hmm. to this is like really a beautiful thing. That's so beautiful. A gay paradise. Literally. I'm like Fenny still on- single. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, gays. Where are you? No. I'm like, yeah, get one of those clerks numbers. Yeah, or right. Oh, literally, gosh. No. I'm so appreciative that you came on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I love you. Yes, it's, this was so fun. You're so sweet. I feel like it. I know the listeners are going to be so stoked. Love it. I just feel really grateful that people are willing to share their stories and yeah. like I'm really grateful you were so willing to speak to all of it and Thank speak you. to it authentically because like you said I think that's that really to me is like the mission of this mm-hmm. it's like we it's hard to talk about and I know that like can bring up a lot for you but I think it's really important I know that I have a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are kind of like cusper yeah. Yeah. people hearing these stories is just so powerful yeah. because especially hearing your perspective. You're the first gay man. Oh my God, shut up. Yeah. It's about damn time. And you're like the perfect person to do it. I'm like, you are the, you are the gay icon. Oh my gosh. I'm like so glad that you were willing to come on because I feel like these are the kind of stories that I'm like really hoping that people can listen to and be like, okay, like, a, it's okay. I can do it. And B, like, I probably should do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, no, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, of I course. Loved it. Thank you so much. And bye, everyone. Bye, campers. <laughs> G.I.